last time on 30 and nerdy what's up nerds welcome to the 30 and nerdy podcast i have some amazing guests with me today so uh i'm just doing a ton of stuff but uh i'm, I'm a big fan of course of 30 nerdy podcast i'm happy to be here can't wait to talk to all the fine people on this panel just shy of that yeah when agents of yeah. shield was still rocking and rolling right 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 so I then uh, first met Ken, then we met uh, Dre when we did our whole big, you know, group discussion from the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale. And We already lived through 9-11, something that someone's teaching in a history class. You know, you never, you don't wake up and think, how many history classes will I live through in my lifetime? How many mm -hmm. chapters of a history book will I, will I live through? Before... You know, pre-pandemic, I did not have the Batman trilogy. I did not have Wonder Woman. I did not have Justice League. I did not have Birds of Prey. And I did not have Suicide Squad. And I have all those right now. It's like this 90s, absolutely insane book called Sc Scroll Kill Crew. And wow. it's one of his early stuff. And I'm like, the minute I saw that, I'm like, oh my God, if they're even going to attempt doing this. What's up, Nerd World Order? This is the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Welcome back. I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Welcome to part one of a two-part special leading us into my favorite month of the year, October. I'm going to be talking about the upcoming horror movie hosts and airing the interviews I had the pleasure of having with the directors and some of the cast from the Possession Thriller. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie and highly recommend it. You can pre-order it now on iTunes, and it drops in the States on and Canada on digital and video on demand on October 2nd. Well, let's get to it, nerds and nerdettes. Throw your mittens around your kittens, and away we go. It's time to get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your host, Tyler Mack. <laughs> Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions, and Ashley Lodge Photography. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation by using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find the show on the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email the show at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Now get ready to nerd out with your host, the Sweet Tea of the Nerdy South, your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Hey 
Hello, hello, hello. What's up, Earth World Order? Hope you're having a great week. Uh, welcome back. Last time, 30 and 30 podcast, you witnessed a monumental crossover with myself, Rich from Three Fat Nerds podcast, JT and Dom from East Coast Avengers, Dr. Dre Driven himself, at Dre Driven 83 on Twitter, and Ken M from the ODPH, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Let me tell you, I had a great time. And you can find that episode wherever you cast your pod. Fun fact, if you sign up to support the show at patreon.com slash 30nerdypodcast, I'm going to be releasing the full, uncut, unedited video to Patreon supporters as a Halloween gift on October 2nd. All you have to do is go to www.patreon.com slash 30nerdypodcast, pick a tier, I don't care if it's $1 tier, just any way to support the show, I will be releasing the uncut and unedited uh, crossover episode on October 2nd. Something else is happening on October 2nd, I just cannot, for the life of me, think of what it is. Hmm. More on that later. Welcome to the show. If you are a returning Thank you for, for joining up again with the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Good to have you back. If you have stumbled across this show for the first time, go ahead and hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with what's going on. I hope that you like what you hear. Kick off your shoes. Stay a little while. We're going to have a lot of fun. If you're out there on social media, follow along with the show and keep me in the know of all your nerdy little thoughts by using the hashtag 30andnerdypod. That's 30andnerdypod on all social media outlets. While you're over there, please just give a follow to, while you're on Twitter, give a follow to these two handles, at hostsmovie, all lowercase, at hostsmovie, one word, on Twitter, along with Dark Fable Media on Twitter. Give them a follow and follow along with what those uh, two handles have going on because they are a lot of what the next two episodes of this show are about. If you have a comment or suggestion, please feel free to email the show at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. I love hearing from everyone, at least... Once or twice a week, someone is emailing, whether discussing the previous episode or requesting some conversation for future episodes or my thoughts on things. Thank you. Please keep it up. I love hearing from you all and discussing uh, nerd culture with everyone. Uh, please take the time to go to podchaser.com. Give the show and this episode that five-star rating. While you are there, search for these two lists. Pod Nation, that's one word, and The Apocalypse, also one word. Check out our amazing community of independent podcasts like Three Hours Later, Booze and Spirits, Cheers to Comics Podcast, The Nerd Cantina Show, and so much more. While you're out there, give them a listen. If you like what you hear, subscribe to them. Give them that five star and tell them 30 and Nerdy sent you. So let's get on to your nerdcabulary word 
for the week. And that word is pitter-patter, let's get at her. Now, if you haven't heard this word, it's made famous in the Crave TV and Hulu Canadian comedy, Letterkenny. It translates to, well, let's get going. So that's just a fun way of saying, let's get going, guys. Uh, use it in your in your your daily life out there now. Go out there and you, you start talking to people like that. I hope that you start using these words that I give you, whether they be phrases or words from nerd culture and some things that within nerd culture, some of my favorite shows, what have you. Uh, I hope that you go out there and use these. And please let me know people's reactions. Hashtag 30NerdyPod on Twitter. Got a little random fact for you here. Did you know the jack-o'-lanterns come from the Irish legend of Stingy Jack? That's right. It's true. Legend has it that Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. Jack didn't want to pay for the drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin. Now, instead of buying the drink, he pocketed the coin and kept it close to a silver cross in his house, preventing the devil from ever taking shape again. He promised to let the devil go as long as he would let Jack alone for at least a year, and that if Jack died within that year, the devil was never to t- allowed to take his soul to hell. After that year, Jack tricked the devil again to leave him alone and not claim his soul. Yet again, Jack got the upper hand. When Jack finally did die, God refused to take such a conniving person into heaven. And the devil? Well, they had a deal. So true to his word, he would not take his soul to hell. Jack was sent off into the night with one burning coal to light his path. He placed that coal into a carved-out turnip and has been roaming the earth ever since. The people in Ireland and Scotland began creating their own versions of Jack's lanterns. Out of turnips, beets, and potatoes, the tradition traveled to the U.S. with the immigration of these cultures. However, people began to use pumpkins native to North America for lanterns instead. Raise your hands if you can honestly admit that you knew the legend of Stinky Jack and its connection to jack-o'-lanterns in our culture. I bet a, a larger portion of people did not know that. I, for one, am going to be completely transparent. I knew that the legend existed, but I did not know uh, how it kind of transitioned into our culture. I knew that there was a legend of Stingy Jack who tricked the devil, but that's about it. I did not know in detail the story and how that then transitioned to why we have Jack O'Lanterns. With with what's coming up and with, with all of next month, uh, nerds, um, the Halloween season is not just a month-long thing for me. I live the Halloween season every day of the year in my heart and soul. Horror is my favorite genre. Um, I do have to admit that. Uh, heck, I, I'd watch a horror movie on Christmas Eve. And, and not bat an eye. However, I know that not everyone feels the same way about October and the spooky season and, and horror film uh, all year long. Uh, for most of you, tomorrow starts the spooky season. 
So over the next several episodes, I'm going to be giving you a lot of of things that you must watch or binge in some cases to get you in the spirit for the season. Uh, Tis the season to be spooky. Uh, There will always be two or three in each episode, so keep up, write them down uh, if you must. The first thing that I would highly suggest to get you in the mood is The Haunting of Hill House. Now, I've seen this series twice now, and I just started watching it again a third time with my uh, favorite cousin, Cheyenne, and uh, I love watching it with her, and she jumps. I love that. Uh, Flashing between the past and the present, a fractured family confronts haunting memories of their old home and the events that drove them from it. This is rated mature and is a good show to get you in the mood for ghosts and haunted things. It is a quality slow show uh, with a nice, um, somewhat slow burn to it, but also gives you enough in each episode to keep you coming back for more. Um, it's driven with amazing performances and by the cast and the story at the same time. It's rare in, in horror these days. And this is one thing I will say about the movie of discussion uh, for these next two episodes. Host does this same thing. It's very rare in horror these days that you get both strong character-driven and script character or script-driven and character-driven at the same time. So if the script is driving a strong show as well as the cast or movie, what have you. Um, it's great, it, but it, in modern horror these days, it is so rare to find film or TV or anything uh, that is both script and character-driven in a positive light. Um, and then and, and that exists in The Haunting of Hill House. Now, there were two other versions of this, the original movie in 1963 and the terrible reboot in 1999 with the likes of Liam Neeson, Owen Wilson, and Catherine Zeta-Jones. These two incarnations, however, uh, were nothing close to the source material, but the show is. It's based off the book written by Shirley Jackson and is currently streaming on Netflix. Now, there is a next installment on its way called The Haunting of Bly Manor and is not a sequel per se, but simply yet another story told by the showrunners. It is set to drop on Netflix in the month of October, so be on the lookout for that. My next suggestion is Prank Encounters. This is a a hidden camera horror-driven prank show hosted and ran by Stranger Things' Gaten Maserato. Uh, It is set up like the old horror prank show Scare Tactics a little bit, but changes a few things up. Uh, However, some of the pranks cast from Scare Tactics do make a return for this show. Uh, They pop in from time to time. Uh, So if you were a fan of that show, you'd be able to pick them out. Uh, In this show, two complete strangers are brought in uh, the scenario as uh, temps of some sort on a certain job. Um, Everyone is an actor except for these two people so the scenarios are not real but the two to to the two strangers they are stuck in a scary moment now as many reality tv shows and hidden camera shows there are toxic haters out there and doubters to the authenticity of the show um 
especially the hidden camera aspect of it. Are they really hidden cameras? Are the situations, the two strangers, are the two strangers really strangers to one another? So obviously with with reality TV and, and hidden camera shows, you've, you're going to have that. I personally do not know the answer. Uh, sure, there's some overacting, just like in Scare Tactics, but the comedy is there. Um, I think it's hilarious. The creator did assure the fans that it was legit and only seemed more theatrical than previous uh, incarnations of this type of uh, show because the budget is, is high for a prank show. Uh, so they have more tech. They have more ability to get these cameras and in positions that are still unseen, but previous shows were not able to do. The scenarios are definitely something that would set me off if caught in them. Uh, but the payoff with when Gaten walks out is golden, better than Kutcher, truthfully. Um, it's not like Kutcher running into a scene and saying, you've been punked. It's not like that. What he does is uh, he kind of puts himself into the scene. Like he'll like walk around, walk in as a bystander and be like, what the hell is going on? And even in the fear, like within the, the, the poor bystanders being afraid, like you can, like they're still scared, but you can see them staring at him and start putting together. I know this kid from somewhere. I mean, cause 90% of the planet knows Dustin from stranger things at this point. So, it's funny to some people obviously have not put it together and you'll still see them scared, like trying to talk to him as if like this just happened and oh my gosh, we need to get out of here. And when he drops like the, you know, you're on my prank show. Uh, I love the reaction. I recommend it. I do. Uh, if you like these sort of things, it is rated R. It is like Scare Tactics meets Impractical Jokers with a Stranger Things spin on it. And you really can't take these shows too serious. If, you, if you're if you an analytical person and you're a nothing's good enough for me on movies or television, please don't watch this show and be a jerk about it. It truly is just for entertainment purposes. Watch it for entertainment purposes. I mean, good lord, not everything out there on the waves should be Oscar worthy. It just shouldn't. Um... I, I like it because it does film in Georgia, mainly throughout Atlanta, uh, which makes me want to get back to Atlanta even sooner so I can audition to be part of the Scarecrest for season two. Um, uh, those are your binge-worthy suggestions for this episode. Write them down, take a mental note, and enjoy. Let me know what you think about on Twitter or email if you've watched these things or if you do come to watch these things. Tweet your thoughts using the hashtag 30 and Nerdy Pod. I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, 30 and Nerdy Podcast will return. How's it going? This is Rev with Brewing Up Rants Podcast. Me and the Duke of Nerds himself are coming at you with rants while also kicking back a few cold ones ourselves. Nothing is off limits here, so put up your feet, pour a cold one for yourself, and come hang out with us. Brewing Up Rants is a Badcast Company production. can be found on all major podcast platforms like the one you're listening to now, and many more. So what are you waiting for? Seriously, like what are you waiting for? There's no cherry coke here. Pop open that beverage. And cheers to you, nerds. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, it's Rich. You're watching 30 and Nerdy, and uh, I'm the director of hosts. Good day. I'm Barry Nerdington. This is your Nerdly News, where we report and you decide. Netflix price hikes are looming in the near future. Netflix stands to haul in a whopping $500 million to a billion in extra sales in 2021 should it decide to raise its prices by $1 or $2 in all four of its geographies, as Jeffrey's analyst Brent Thiel estimates via a new note to clients. While Thiel believes a price hike may cause Netflix to lose some subscribers in more price-sensitive international markets, the company's deep content library and shift to more at-home living due to the pandemic suggests the majority of subscribers will probably shrug at the extra costs. Samuel L. Jackson is reportedly reprising his Nick Fury role in a spinoff Disney Plus series. According to Variety, Jackson is attached to star in the Nick Fury series with Kyle Bradstreet from Mr. Robot serving as writer and executive producer. Variety says it's highly likely that the Nick Fury show will indeed go to series like WandaVision and the others. Jackson previously made an appearance in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so it is not unlike him to show up on the small screen. While there is no word on the plot details for the Nick Fury series or when exactly in the Spy Master's long career this show will take place, it seems possible that it could explore Fury's work alongside the scrolls that had been teased during the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. Zack Snyder is reassembling his Justice League at least once more, with his cut of the superhero ensemble film taking shape of a series being released on HBO Max, it was unclear whether or not the director would be afforded the opportunity to add nude photography to the production. Early reports indicated WB would not be interested in pursuing such an endeavor. However, it is not now being reported that Snyder will be getting his heroes back into action for new footage, which has not yet been shot for the official release. The shoot, which will turn the Snyder Cut into a four-episode limited series, is expected to bring back Ben Affleck as Batman, Henry Cavill as Superman, and Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman for some new scenes. Also set to appear on the call sheet for what is expected to be a week or so long shoot is Ray Fisher's return to the role of Cyborg. This comes as a surprise after Fisher's recent back and forth with WB over the toxic issues from Joss Whedon when he took over the project. More to come as the story progresses. The Ghostbusters franchise is back and some of its original team are set to return in Ghostbusters Afterlife. One of the original team, Ernie Hudson, updated Ghostbusters fans on the new film with this to say. There have been so many announcements and so many things that fell apart, it wasn't until I got the script and read the script that I thought, not only is it happening, but it is really good. It's really in line with what the fans have been hoping for and really ties into the original two films. The new cast will include Carrie Coon, Finn Wolhard, McKenna, Grace, and Paul Rudd, who will play Mr. Gruberson, a teacher who remembers the events of the Manhattan Crossrip. 
the finale of the original Ghostbusters film. He is an excitable superfan that passes the knowledge of the event on to his class. More news on Ghostbusters will undoubtedly come your way soon. Tune in to 30 and Nerdy Podcast to follow the story as it progresses. The Sandman co-director Neil Gaiman revealed via Twitter that the television adaptation will begin production in three weeks, putting the start date in mid-October. Word from some outlets say that British director Toby Haynes will helm episodes of The Sandman. It is unclear if his commitment to the Rogue One spinoff for Disney Plus will interfere with The Sandman plans. Before coming to live action, The Sandman saw its first adaptation as an audiobook exclusive to Audible. Gaiman says that where the audio adaptation is faithful to the original stories, the Netflix show will modernize the original. The first season of DC Stargirl left the series in an interesting place. While the young heroes of the Justice Society of America were victorious against the Injustice Society of America with the defeat of several villains, including Icicle, the season finale left things a bit more open-ended for another character on the series, particularly some of Whitmore's classmates. And when it comes to two of them, series creator Jeff John says fans will be seeing more of them in Season 2. According to John's fans, will definitely get to see more of Icicle Jr. as well as Artemis Croc, the daughter of Sportsmaster and Tigress. While viewers didn't get much of Artemis in Season 1, the series did lay a bit of groundwork for a relationship between Whitmore and Cameron. Considering everything that went down between Stargirl and Icicle, it will be interesting to see if their dynamic changes in Season 2. That's the end of your nerdly news. I'm Barry Nerdington, signing off. More 30 and Nerdy will return after this brief word from our sponsors. Years ago, a father and his family lived in a big, bright house. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Dark Sky Films. Relentlessly gripping possession thriller hosts. And one day, the father decided to invite some guests inside. Do you know how this story ends? On Christmas Eve, an innocent couple become host to a malicious entity. Throughout the night, they terrorize a family of five and unimaginably violent and disturbing ways. They destroy everything he loves. These demonic possessions mark the beginning of a worldwide supernatural takeover. And the family of five who fall victim to the first attack are the unfortunate ones to experience the start of this horrific epidemic. A dark and bloody insight on how lying to your loved ones can not only alienate them, but can completely destroy the bonds you have with them forever. Directors Richard Oakes and Adam Leader bring you a tense, bloody thrill ride for those brave enough to buy the ticket.
Produced by Gillian Williams and Craig Hendy. Hosts is a gripping story that will keep you on the plate till the very end. While serving up plenty of helpings of horror and gore. Starring Samantha Loxley. Neil Ward. Nadia Lemon and Frank Jakeman. In my room. Just in time for Halloween, hosts comes to video on demand and digital October 2nd, 2020, and is rated R. Don't you want to be set free? What's up, everyone? This is Adam Leader, director of Hosts, and you're listening to 30 and Nerdy Podcast. It's Christmas Eve. You have dinner planned. Your family's together. Invited your neighbors over. Everything is perfect. Well, something's off. Then all hell breaks loose. Literally. Over the next two episodes, I'm going to talk a little bit about the upcoming thrilling possession horror movie, Hosts. This intense, edgy film is coming to the States and Canada October 2nd on digital and video on demand. You can currently pre-order on iTunes right now and look for when it drops wherever you get your digital content. I, for one, am very excited for this. I had the pleasure to view a screener of it and interview the directors, Rich Oaks, Adam Leader, along with stars Neil Ward and Samantha Loxley. On this episode, I will air the interview with Richard, Adam, and Neil. Tomorrow's episode will be more about the movie, and we'll have the interview with Samantha Loxley. Before we get to those, though, let's dive into the film a little bit. Said to follow in the footsteps of The Exorcist, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and Inglorious Bastards, hosts take place on Christmas Eve, where an innocent couple become host to a malicious entity. Writer and director Richard Oakes and Adam Leader make their feature directorial debut on Hosts, which stars Samantha Loxley from Election Night, Neil Ward from Two Graves, Nadia Lemon from Homeless Ashes, Frank Jakeman from Game of Thrones, and Lee Hunter from Vikings. Now, I am not going to be spoiling this movie for you. So if that's what you're here for, tough luck. Uh, No spoilers are ahead. So, here's a little director note. Hosts was born through the mutual love of the horror genre and fascination in psychological manipulation that Richard and Adam both share. When in a vulnerable state, people's perception of reality and decision-making skills can be easily impaired and manipulated to the will of others. No matter how well you think you know someone, you never truly know who they are underneath the deceiving facade. We only 
ever show the people around us what we want them to see. A quote from Joss Whedon says, Live with a man for 40 years. Eat the same meals. Speak with them on every subject. Then tie them up. Hold them over the mouth of a volcano. On that day, you will meet that man. We feel that telling the story in a traumatically visceral way and utilizing gore as a mechanism will aid in amplifying the shock factor of audiences around the globe. This is because in real life it always takes something extreme to break down one's facade and only then do we see their inner, true demons. What's even more frightening is the uncertainty that we have of ourselves, masking our own weaknesses and insecurities with the character and personality that we only obsess over being. Before we get to the interview, I want to introduce you to the men that you will be hearing from. First, we have Rich Oaks, who is the writer, co-director, and director of photography. Oaks is an English director and director of photography who began shooting music videos in 2012, working with some of the biggest record companies in the world, including Universal, Sony, and EMI. Richard's work has been seen by millions of viewers worldwide. In 2017, Richard started work as the director of photography on his first feature film, Homeless Ashes, and won the Best Cinematographer Award at New York's Pitch to Screen Awards. Richard's second film as director of photography, 24 Hours in London, also gained him the Best Cinematography Award at Flix Film Festival in the UK. In 2019, Rich completed principal photography on the UK World War II film, Point of No Return, as well as shooting his directorial debut film, Hosts. You can follow Rich on Instagram at DarkFableRich and Twitter at at Dark Fable Media. Next up is Adam Leader. He is the writer and co-director. Adam is a British film director, producer, and musician. He wrote and directed his debut film, Hosts, in 2020. Adam's film career began after being cast as Saul in the sci-fi short film, Exit Plan, in 2016. He also co-directed and played a lead role in the music videos for Airborne's Rivalry, and SHVPE's S's Afterlife for Universal Music Group. Since then, he has gone on to direct his own music videos, develop several lyric videos, and co-direct various other projects. Adam also fronts the British hard rock band In Search of Sun, who have released two studio albums worldwide and have toured internationally with other major artists. Two of Adam's songs with In Search of Sun are actually featured in the end credits of Hosts. You can keep up with everything Adam is doing at AdamLeader1 on Twitter and on Instagram at Adam underscore Leader. Next in this interview, you will meet Neil Ward, who is the lead actor and plays Jack. Neil grew up in Derby and attended St. Benedict's School of Performing Arts, where he studied drama and performing arts. He furthered his training at the International School of Screen Acting at Three Mill Studio. At the start of his career, he played Barry Owen in Holby City and various lead roles in shorts 
and playing the notorious part of Johnny in the online hit D-A-Y-S by Chris Rimmer. Neil landed a lead role in the Twitter-funded feature Invasion of the Not-Quite-Dead, which is already sold in 11 countries before the filming has even been completed. Early 2014, Neil played the lead role of Dean in the film Potluck, which is hitting the festival circuit this year. All in all, Neil has been working nonstop for the past eight years, pursuing his passion and talents, and always pushing his goals higher and higher. He has previously worked with Patrick Chamberlain on his film Glacier and his hit music video for Rene LaVeis's The Calling. Some of his other films other than hosts include Two Graves, 24 Little Hours, and The Eastern Front. Keep up with Neil on Twitter at Neil Ward, all lowercase, one word, as well as at Neely Neely on Instagram, N-E-A-L-Y, N-E-A-L-Y. Now, those are the gentlemen that you will be introduced to in this interview that you will get to hear from, uh, and I had the pleasure to to sit down with them. I, I it was it was so much fun. Um, I really hope to do it again in the future after the movie's been out for a little while. So we're gonna get to that interview up next. Um, I'm going to step away, take a quick break. More with hosts when Thirty and Nerdy podcast returns hey guys my name is jt what's up everyone i'm darren hey what's up guys i'm josh hey guys i'm christian hey what's up y'all this is dominic and we're the east coast avengers we're a group of five friends who get together weekly and talk about everything that's going on in the nerd universe whether you're a fan of marvel dc star wars video games comics or anything else nerdy that you can think of we're the podcast for you You can find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever streaming platform you use to listen to your favorite podcasts on. You can also catch us on our YouTube channel where we release tons of content such as vlogs, unboxings, TV and movie recaps, and trailer reactions. So if those things sound good to you, then check out the East Coast Avengers podcast. We hope you enjoy. Meanwhile, back at 30 and Nerdy. What's up, nerds? I am here with Adam Leader and Rich Oaks the co-directors of the new horror movie titled Hosts with Dark Sky Films, along with Neil Ward, one of the stars and antagonists of the movie. First off, gentlemen, how are you today? Good. Very Good, well. Man. How are you? Fantastic. Great. Great. I want to take the time to thank you all for uh, doing this, for sitting down uh, for the interview and giving me a little time to talk about your newest film, Hosts. Uh, I've watched it three times now, and honestly, I've caught something different uh, each time and I'll talk a little bit about that uh, so thank you and welcome to the 30 and 30 podcast thanks for having us yeah, man. thank you yeah it's a pleasure this film was 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 gripping and uh, it had me intrigued kind of early on the early shots the early lingering kind of effects of like introducing us to Neil's character and just the way the lingering shots and not a lot of sound in it not a lot of you know talking at the beginning it kind of felt like like the early scenes of the babadook a little bit it's like already i'm like uh somebody speak so, 
I'm, I'm already unnerved. I'm like, somebody talk. Come on. Come on. Somebody talk. And when you finally started talking to me, I was like, oh, thank God. I was worried something was going to happen like immediately. So <laughs> they usually can't shut me up. So yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you were going for, if you were going for uh, gripping with the odd lingering feeling early on success, I it guess my be, first I'm question sorry. is, did the pandemic affect you all in any way? No, to be honest. I mean, if anything, it it was actually a big positive for us because I guess for, we were fortunate enough to have, have wrapped uh, before the pandemic mm-hmm. happened, which we were really, you know, that was, we were really lucky in that mm-hmm. respect. But when the pandemic hit, obviously we were all stuck at home and, you know, everyone's unsure of what's going on and stuff. So Rich and I kind of took the opportunity to get on the phone to basically every single distributor on the face of the planet <laughs> and, <laughs> and try and sell the film. Um, and it's a really cool story because we just had this big list and we sent emails out saying, hey, check out the trailer. This is our debut film. Um, we're interested in, in worldwide distribution mm-hmm. with Dark Sky in mind, you know, um, because we, we, we'd had our eye on them for a while. And all of a sudden we had all these distributors responding you know, to big level, mid level, low level, all, all different types of distributors responding saying, we're interested, send us a screener. And then, so we'd send them a private screener. And then a few days later, we're having all these crazy conference calls with America and, and Canada and Italy and I think Spain as well. Like it was nuts. It was crazy. And then we, we got Dark Sky's attention, kind of got what we wanted, which was incredible. And here we are. I think a lot of people are like just touching on Adam's point there. A lot of the distributors were, were sort of confined to the house. So they had a lot more time to be sort of looking at uh, unsolicited content, so to speak, because we didn't have a sales agent and the guys didn't um, have a sales agent. And usually these, these sort of larger distributors don't, don't touch sort of unsolicited work and will just respond with a polite email. But the guys got through to a, a lot of people, which was, which was, which was great. Um, I know the lads were sending out all those emails, <laughs> like, sleepless nights, wasn't it, Adam? But <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that with, with with them all being sat at home, it was easy for them to sort of sit and uh, sort of look through content that they wouldn't usually sort of look for uh, and and look at, so to speak. So yeah, it was it was weird, wasn't it? Because we we were like been told like even I, I did, the week before we started doing that, I was googling about how to contact these big distributors and stuff like that, and. All of them said, you cannot just dry email them. It, you will get nothing in return. Uh, you need to have a contact within them. You need to know people. You need to have worked your way up. And we were like, it's worth a punt. And there were some funny stories, wasn't there? But we were like, okay, you know, I don't know how, how I think this is proper amateur, but we were like, you know, you normally go onto a website for a big company and then it says contact. <laughs> and then at the bottom, it says info at. And you're like, you're going nowhere if you contact that info at. Mm-hmm. So we would find the name of the person we want and just remove the info and put their name there and email and see what happens. And we got people coming back saying, send us a screen yeah, of doing that. And it's like proper blagging it, but it, it worked. We, we tried it with so many. There was like, because at first, most of the time we didn't get it. It was like, you know, bounce back. Joe blogs at, <clears throat> you know, 30andnerdy.com and it would just bounce back. Then, you know, joe.blogs or... <laughs> Jay blogs yeah. and like we we kept we kept trying it and all of a sudden it was like it sent and they would respond to us so it was nuts it was great so it started out really grassroots 
Like, yeah, yeah, man. And I like, I like to see that. Um, what are some of your uh, inspirations from the horror genre, not just with this film, specific stories or films that, uh, resonated with you throughout life from the horror genre? We're mostly into, like I said, more, more kind of classic-y um, stuff that's more long burn. Um, and I, again, I feel like that's kind of been lost, but there, were, there is a, a trend coming back in with stuff like Hereditary and Midsummer. Mm things like that and we're, we're a big fan of things like that um so we were like oh it's it's actually coming back like the whole jump scare kind of oh guy at the beginning and he's looking in a hedge and then his mate's like and it's like and it's like it's not a scare You're like it's literally his mate saying hello stop adding all this sound and stuff it's completely pointless and we're, we're really kind of anti that stuff aren't we i mean there's a couple of moments but in house but they're more built and warranted i guess if the way we feel about it but um, yeah, the old school stuff like Shining is a big influence. We wanted kind of the long kind of corridors, the classic wallpaper and that type of thing, as you can see by, behind Neil there. <laughs> I, see, I see that. I'm still on set. I've not been allowed to leave, so yeah. No, no. He, <laughs> yeah, he's on sabbatical. I, I got to tell you, I was, I was waiting for the antlers to come into play. <laughs> I'm getting paled with these antlers. <laughs> like, Pretty much half the cast yeah. 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 <laughs> like, but the wallpaper was... was a gripping moment because even the wallpaper was gothic and uneasy kind of and i was like it just adds to the feel like this isn't a bright and shiny moment so of course the wallpaper's dark and, and kind of gloomy as well i was like uh it seems we, like uh, something from a classic horror movie we uh we it was a funny story with the wallpaper um when we were shopping when we were prop shopping um uh, I guess it was my turn to do some stuff or whatever. And, and it was easier for me to go and get certain things. It was easier for Rich to go and get certain things. So I went to like the local hardware store uh, and I was looking through all these wallpapers and like we had a certain like aesthetic that we wanted and, and, and a vibe that we wanted to go for. And I was going through all these different designs and there was one there that was kind of cool. Um, but then there was the one you see in the film that was cooler <laughs> and uh, but it was you know twice as expensive so i phoned rich <laughs> i was like dude this or this and he points at, at you know the one that you see in the film and i said good because that's the one i want to should we spend the money <laughs> like, yeah we're gonna spend the money even if we have to pay for it ourselves like we get that because it's it's just perfect it's incredible it's such a nice and then we spent about a month just you and me putting the wallpaper up ourselves <laughs> yeah we built <laughs> we, the whole we're, we're hands on the whole thing just mm. yeah well me and my dad just finished a painting job where we had to take down wallpaper first oh that sucks dude oh my god i, I was like going to facebook like if anyone ever considers i might wallpaper this room Think about 10 to 12 years from now when you're <laughs> to make it down. and think about the people who are going to have to do that before you make this decision. Cause it's the worst freaking thing I've ever been a part of. Just uh, paint over it. Paint over yeah, it. Just, <laughs> well, I, I think we did a bad job because like about a month after the shoot, <laughs> I just pulled it down and it just went That's probably in the corridor and it just all just fell off. And I'm like, well, that's good. <laughs> but glad that didn't happen during shooting. That's probably because of the gallons of blood. 
behind it rather than <laughs> got in there during during filming. <laughs> Probably. Um, but what brought you about writing it? Like, did you all just, um, hey, I got this idea, or what if we wrote something like this? What brought? What was kind of the process into going, kind of the early stages of it? That's all new. Well, it came. I guess it it, it came from one idea um, that kind of. Uh, was the catalyst, I guess, to, to, to start writing it. Um, but me and Rich, were, you know, we were in we were in a place where we knew we kind of needed to to get something written. We were ready. We were hungry. It was like we both agreed it's time to do our first film, you know, and, and write our first film. And we'd been talking about it, and we were ready to go. But then I I, I guess I had this experience um, that inspired me to just get going. And that experience was <clears throat> I was at home with my ex-girlfriend and we were just sitting in the living room um not talking you know and um all of a sudden she goes oh shit i, I just what's that and i'm like what she points at the window and she's like i just saw a blue light like outside <laughs> i'm like what are you talking about she goes i just saw a blue light in the bottom it was the bottom left in real life she goes bottom left outside the window so i'm like okay so i, I went to the kitchen because you, you had to get through to the garden from the kitchen I, I went to the kitchen and was kind of freaked out so i grabbed a knife and went into the garden and searched and lo and behold nothing was there and you know i'm i'm still alive but that's i, I kind of came back in and i thought you know what this this would make for a cool scene so that's pretty much what that was the catalyst, the catalyst for, right. for the script and then i kind of just just begun and, and me and rich got on the phone and, and we kind of wrote together i guess like a rough storyline of what scenes we want and so we had a skeleton kind of mm -hmm. uh template there if you will of what we wanted to do so i went away and i just wrote the the first draft of the screenplay and yeah the, yeah and that's that's how it happened so when you came back in did you say the two of you well, have always wanted to write a script together mm, yeah we, we've always wanted to make films together and and it it i guess now, well i say now you know 2018 happened to just be that time where the two of us were ready to do it mm -hmm. there was we actually wrote a script beforehand we written yes. a, we took about two years to write a, a previous script um but it was too big for nobody's to kind of approach and get funding for and and that and um we tried looking for funding for about a year for that. And it was just like, ah, oh, you're kind of new. That's a lot of money to ask for. Can't do that film on any less money. So we were like, what do we do? Well, let's, you know, the feedback we're getting is people love the script. People are happy to give them money, but they're not happy to trust in these newbies that have never done this before. They're going to take your money and run. You never know. Do you know what I mean? So we were like, what we need to do is make, bring it back. Let's make a very small film that we can, confidently do without having to get masses of money and um and make it achievable just on our own with our own resources so that's mm. what we decided to do to prove ourselves as directors and that we're capable and that i guess the money's in good hands do you know what i mean that was kind of the idea with it roger neil go ahead no i, I it was just uh, coming back to adam's story about when he went back in uh, went outside with a knife and i just wanted to know if when he came back in did he say nothing there babe <laughs> <laughs> if that's where that inspiration came from for that line but 
I think every line in the film has become a meme in our circle now. Yeah. Oh, we're constantly just put, putting on funny voices and quoting lines from the film to each other. Get <laughs> <laughs> us ready in 30 minutes. Oh, food. <laughs> Eric! <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> Pretty early on, we are given this this jump slash wait, did I see what I think I just saw a moment, um, which I my first watch through, I had to rewind and I was like, did I just, was that lights? <laughs> like, and, and it looked like, I was like, like, I was like, it wasn't a reflection. So I went back. It's like, holy crap, I, I did see it. Um, but creatively, what was your typical process is like what to include what to you know kind of shift away from that you have seen in previous horror movies what did you know you wanted to include that you drew from and what did you want to create kind of in your own uh put your own spin on things um well one thing from the I guess from the get go we knew we wanted but we don't want to go too much into was the dinner scene that was a must mm -hmm. and um <clears throat> kind of built from there a bit as well and we knew we didn't want reckless jump scares that are kind of cheap that's one thing we didn't want to do and we wanted them to be if there is jump scares them to be earned mm -hmm. and we wanted people to feel just a feeling of dread watching it um but not really knowing where that's coming from it worked yeah <laughs> and that's that's kind of what we love we love long pondering shots and stuff and not cutting away. I think a lot of people nowadays are like, let's keep it cutting like a music video. And I do music videos for a living. I love fast cuts. But in this, we were like, hold on stuff. Because holding on something like the shot of Sam in the bedroom when she's telling her story, um, or Lucy, I guess, um, she's telling a story, it never cuts away from her. And it's just slowly pushing in on her. And when someone's just staring like that, for that long you kind of just want to look away you, you you want that cut to give you a breather and but you can't but but we, we're not doing that and yeah. it was the same when neil's uh or jack is talking to nadio who plays um lauren lauren <laughs> um at the dinner table and he's like whispering in her ear it's like just holding that one shot i, I really wanted to do and just not moving away from it not giving the audience a chance to kind of out of their breath or to just holding them in front of that situation and seeing how they react i think was important to us wasn't it for sure it also helped like massively with a character um or like getting to know and love the characters whereas i guess nowadays not all of them but nowadays a lot of horror films in particular it's just so like okay quick let's get to the point in the first five minutes and you know let's kill someone off and mm -hmm okay, there's the next person, cool, let's kill him off or her off. And, and you don't get to know and love these characters. Therefore, you don't, you don't care about them when they die. Or if, someone is, if someone's really nice in a film and they die before you establish who they are and, 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 and a, like establish a connection between them and the audience, mm -hmm. if a nice person dies, you're not going to care. If someone who's a dick in the film dies, you're still not going to care. Sorry, I, I, sorry, I don't mean to. That's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that was super important to us, like really investing in those characters so that those scenes where, without giving much away, where we lose people or you know people die, you actually care about it and you feel something about it as the audience, you know? 
And the other thing, going back to what I was saying about jump scares, we made a conscious effort to do the opposite. And we took some, some um, I guess, some homage to the way a lot of Tarantino scenes play out, which is the opposite of a jump scare. Because I can't remember who said it. Someone told Tarantino, I can't remember who it was, um, but said, you can either have one moment like this of shock and then it's over, or you can show the threat and then long out the scene. And then that creates 10 minutes of dread rather than one second of shock. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what's, what's more powerful? So like, there's certain scenes when the audience are shown something that's the rest of the characters aren't seeing. And then the scene carries on playing out and no one's none the wiser, but the audience know. Like a and hammer in the hand of, the entire time. Yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. kind of, yeah. you're holding them in that sense yes. of, okay, I'm carrying on with this conversation, but always in the back of your mind, you're, but, but I saw that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think we, we made that decision rather than that moment, I guess, being a jump scare. Do you know what I mean? Mm, agree. And, and that like was kind that. of a lot of the conscious things was to kind of do the opposite <laughs> of the jump scare. And, and I, I find that a lot more effective, in my opinion. Mm. In, in our yeah, opinion. yeah, 100%. 100%. Mm. Well, I've been on stage. I've only been in front of the camera a few times professionally, but I've also co-directed some stage plays and musicals. And even though it's, um, I did it in a small town, there were still kind of a specific uh, instances where that's difficult sometimes. Um, did you have this aspect of like, it's 50-50? Did you like, we're just going to constantly bounce things off each other or like you're in charge of this you're in charge of this how did that co-direction happen with with you all it was really good to be honest like you know before we we both agreed beforehand that rich handles everything from behind the camera and blocking scenes and framing stuff and and i guess doing doing all the magic pretty much you know mm -hmm. and and that i would focus on working closely with the actors and getting them to deliver things how rich and i felt they should be delivered and and really bringing out that emotion in them i guess and and this that and the other and having that happy medium between rich and i just really worked and we we had chats beforehand you know in the, the lead up to the shoot saying to each other we're probably gonna disagree or or fight at some points man and if we do we need a code word so that we can what either one can say it and we can go outside and we can have a hug and come back in but it never happened never and it. we just got on it was like, you know, cause something like friendship and then there's friendship and there's business. And sometimes friends, no matter how good of friends you are, don't work together well. But this was like, it was just like we were best friends at work. Mm. I love you, man. Oh, love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Like I've got um, a history of being a DOP. That's what my main job is. And mm. I've DOP'd three other feature films this is my first directing. So it made sense for me to take the visual side of things and um, the blocking and making sure the film flows and looks how we both wanted it to. And then Adam was outside taking the actors through the scenes, taking them through how we want the delivery and that. So I think, you know, for, for one director's take on all of that, I think is quite, quite, quite a lot to work with. So I think we got the easy job. Yeah. And, and sorry, can I go on? And the actors were coming up to us going, why why don't why isn't it split normally like this works so well um and we're having such a great time and it's there's no complications why isn't it normally done this way and kind of <laughs> we were like 
What's that? <laughs> you stumbled onto something. <laughs> Holy crap. <God. laughs> so uh, you did something early on that we don't get to see, and you kind of hinted on this uh, a few minutes ago. We don't see it in many modern-day movies. Um, you showed us these two characters uh, early on, and you kind of latched us onto them. We had this endearing moment with the two, this lovely gift exchange and, and figuring out about each character and, and this beautiful moment. And I don't want to go too spoilery here. Then boom, things change. And you don't see that much. You don't, like you said, you hinted towards earlier, things just happen to some characters in modern horror without us knowing intimately who that character is and why we should even care. And when this shift happens, I automatically, my first time through went, no, like, just kind of like, I love this. Like, it's sweet and, and endearing. And, and the way that Neil and Samantha do it, I was like, I'm, I believe everything. <laughs> just like, well, that, well, and that, and that's, that's precisely why we wanted to do that. And every movie moving forward that we make, like the way we did this, because you cared about, Neil and Sam, right? And mm -hmm. their characters. And then all of a sudden, shit gets real. Yes. And, you know, it doesn't go the way that you'd necessarily want it to go. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh man, really? Like, <laughs> you care, right? And that's exactly. Just but the, other, the other thing that I think is really interesting about it, and I think that a lot of horrors kind of miss, is that grayness of the bad guys. I think you feel sorry. Well, I do. I feel sorry mm. for those two the whole film. Me too, man. They're not mm. just horrific bad guys that you hate and you still feel for them especially with i guess the way things kind of end up it, it reinforces that as well mm -hmm. uh, near the end and um to be able to when, the, when when you're brought to light about neil's character mm. yeah uh, you're just like whoa poor and guy to, to, to be able to like that do you know what regardless of the the script you know make whatever like if the actors weren't good, then that wouldn't have come across. And and oh, thanks, bro. No, seriously, like props to to the entire cast. But because as we're talking about them now, like Neil and Samantha were just mm -hmm. phenomenal. Like completely nailed it. And and somehow because you guys are so good at, at what you do, you were able to get the audience to love you kind of hate you at the same time when things go south but mm. feel sorry for you the entire time as well and mm. props to you guys because it's that, that comes from really good direction though i must say because the, there's, there's a trouble with sort of the indie sort of scene of, of stuff of lack of direction um mm. but uh with these guys it's it's constant direction and it's co constant good direction um you sometimes get um, directors will tell you to do something um, just because they didn't like the way you did it the first time. And as an actor, you sort of go, uh, all right, then, so what am I doing differently then? What do you, what yeah. do you want me to do? Um, but Adam, um, for example, we, <clears throat> Adam was uh, shooting with Rich uh, another scene, uh, which I wasn't included in. And I went away and sat in the garage out the way and spent like three, four hours, like just going through one of those moments uh, one of the key scenes and I was, I had it in my head that this is going to be good. And like, yeah, Adam's going to love this. And uh, I sort of said, uh, Adam came in and went, right, are you, uh, you ready? Are you, are you ready to show me and let's go through what you, what you've done? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Really proud of this. And then sort of 
bashed through it and then looked at him like with puppy dog eyes going, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? And he went, mm, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it really is. But I didn't see it that way. So forget all that and let's go and do this because of this and because of that. And you don't get that often as an actor, um, especially on, on, on the sort of indie, indie scene and the, and the time schedules that you're on. You just get, yeah, that actor's good. Get in there, do your bit. <laughs> trot off and then you're on to the next one but yeah working with Adam and, and Rich even as well at the same time it was it was a constant feeding you little bits of things to work with and and it, if it wasn't for that we wouldn't have been able to work me and Sam at the start to have that sort of the cutesy sort of thing and then suddenly going to be in this yeah this 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 entity of evil and mm. you don't can't there's such a high contrast there i'm not used to playing the the sort of nice guy so i i I enjoy the other side of it but it it comes across so well in the film and it really does set up what goes on going moving forward with the film so it's yeah it's a great job from those guys so i'm the exact opposite i'm always stuck in the funny slapstick best friend role and i'm dying to play a villain like my <laughs> dream roles are like it's amazing, mate. Yeah, Javert it's and Les Mis and and stuff like that. Like I just want to be a bad guy. Like I can do it. I know I've got. I'm the cute feature guy, you know, bumbling around like I'm a LeFou, but I'm like I want to be the bad guy. And, and you hinted mm. on the the connection that you all had as 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 a cast. Like had any of you all worked together before? Uh, um, yeah. I'd worked with. I'd worked with all the cast pretty much. Um, I, I'd, early on, I'd sort of, obviously with how we were working with the film, the guys were sort of trying to uh, find people for the film and uh, with the sort of film it was, I'd sort of worked with um, Frank Jakeman before. I'd worked with him on a, another horror actually, which has been going around for quite a while now that's still not finished and hopefully will be soon. Um, I'd worked with Frank, I'd worked with Nadia, I'd worked with uh, Buddy, um, the young lad, um, and mm-hmm. I worked with Nadia. Uh, I hadn't worked <coughs> with Sam or Lee before, um, but I'd, Sam was a friend of mine who I'd, I'd known through a producer contact friend. So yeah, I sort of we I knew pretty much of everybody. Um, uh, but yeah, um, Frank's a very interesting guy to work with. He's uh, he's always on form and he's hilarious on set. You literally can't mm-hmm. move for laughing with him. Like constant jokes, but. Um, um, and it's usually really bad jokes, but they're just hilarious. But uh, <laughs> dad <laughs> jokes, non-repeated jokes. jokes, most dad time. jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like yeah, we've um, worked with a few of the people before, haven't we? So mm. I'd worked with Lee before on a previous film. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked with Neil and Nadia. Neil and Nadia, I've always said, are kind of our go-to's. Um, we've we worked with them. We, we're so close to them that they were involved sat there when we're writing the script and writing the ideas for the story and stuff. And they're like, I like that. Don't like that. And some of like what Neil's um, Neil's was uh, helping us with stuff, and he was like, "How about this?" And I can't say what it is, but it was <laughs> a, a pivotal thing that's in the film, um, and that was Neil's idea. And it, that's kind of how we kind of work as a group. We're, we're a big group of friends that are all into film, and mm-hmm. we kind of just help each other out. We'll we'll gather, have a drink together, and just bounce ideas around, and just go, "Yeah, yeah, let's let's push forward with this." And um, Neil and Nadia have been there kind of the whole time. Um, by by the then that's I think that well that's why it worked so well and and mm-hmm. you know cast that we hadn't worked with before like I mean Rich <clears throat> had worked with a lot of them or more 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 than me anyway in terms of who we had in host but um, 
I hadn't worked with Lee or Frank or Jennifer uh, or Buddy or Sam. Uh, before, or Sam before. And but by by the end of day one, not even the end, like by by the second or third hour in of day one, you were part of the crew. Like everyone there was just on the same page, telling the same jokes, laughing just as much <laughs> as the next person. And it was just this big, tight knit family that I don't think. I, I personally, I don't think could ever be recreated with. I don't it, know if like, I'll ever get that again. No, it was, <laughs> it was just a family kind of summer camp of us all just having a laugh, but being exhausted at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we originally scheduled it for January, and the whole film is night shifts, and yes. we ended up filming it in, in a- April, was it May? In May. Yeah, in May. Summertime. So the the nights are a lot shorter, and we were like, we've got to get this done. We've got to get this done before the lights go out, we ended up having to black out all the windows because the, the sun was coming up and then the sound's going, oh, all I can hear is tweeting birds at like dawn song and like, ah, oh, just pulling her hair out and, and, and just exhaustion and just, uh, yeah, not, not much time to sleep. And, but it was great and we all, everybody chipped in, nobody complained, like it was, it was all brilliant and everyone was helping out where needed helping out. It's, it's a small set that we had couldn't really expand the crew much more. So everyone, otherwise we'd just be clambering over each other, which mm. we kind of were anyway, that corridor is so tight. I'm trying mm. to fit a whole film crew in that corridor was it's kind of funny. It was funny, <laughs> but, but everyone, because well. we had such a small crew, like if, if something needed doing, like we had our composer building a rig for the dragging down the corridor, like for them, like a skateboard thing and, for them to sit on top of thing. It was like crazy. And that's the composer doing that. It was just everyone because just did won- whatever they could. He, but he wanted to. Yeah. And everyone yeah. wanted to just get involved and help. Everyone was so, there were was 19 of us. Like at any, at, at, the, at one time, the most of us on set were, I think 19. 20. Or to 20, sorry. And everyone was just <laughs> as hungry, passionate and happy as the next person mm-hmm. to be there and, and excited. And, Man, it was special. It was really special. Well, and that's a testament to what you ended up producing, as you can tell, uh, and and you just you know reiterated that even the composer is doing things more than more than his actual job. Mm. When that's happening, when that perfect, you know, synchronicity happens, you can see it in the final product that everyone involved loved what they were doing from mm. the performances of uh, Neil and Sam, like because. At first, in, in my second watch through, I'm starting to like take little notes. And uh, one of the notes I have written down is like, essentially, Neil and Samantha are playing two characters. Yeah. yeah and then are. I started to think, essentially, everybody's playing two characters. Because even yeah. with the family, we see happy, joking family picking the kid up over his shoulders. And like, you know, even like little moments of like the little brother saying like, it's your turn, it's your go. Then they play an entirely different character when all hell breaks loose. So I'm like, essentially, everyone's wearing multiple masks. And, and, but the and whole story all... is playing two characters as well. Yes. So it's... Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and, it's, and the way that each individual phoned that in is very prominent on the screen. It really is. Uh, so, across, yeah. so kudos to every... Uh, I hope that you'll let them know that I, that I, I am a fan of <laughs> each individual's performance uh, because that's what, I, that's what I, and you talked about directing um, Neil. I've done 
tons of stage shows in my 30 plus years of life. Mm-hmm. And the, the worst thing to have as a really like, like I'm also like constantly creating, like I'm, I'm in my head. I'm, I'm, if I'm like back into a corner somehow that I feel like I'm immediately like, I got to create something, whether it's uh, work on an episode of the podcast or getting on a wrestling video game and creating a new character or (laughs) I've got to create. So when you're blocked in, like I've had some directors who are just, they block every single thing Mm. and it's like, nothing's organic. So creatively, that kind of you you feel that and you can mm. see it and you can tell that on this in this movie hosts on the screen there was not that there was also there was a cohesion between mm. every member of the team and and i have to say it it plays i guess one of the biggest questions i have is how did you do the eyes <laughs> oh because because this guy right here because <laughs> i'm i'm a huge fan of the show supernatural and uh, in in supernatural characters throughout the show, they they make a point to kind of emphasize their eyes. There's red eyes and white eyes and yellow eyes and black eyes, and that's kind of like their go-to like thing. But you can tell for them, it's it's prosthetic contacts for them. But you brought this this eerie aspect of the eyes that I've not seen before. And I, if you don't want to give away the trade secret, you don't have to. But but that's one question I wrote down is how did they do the eyes? So glad you said that because that was one thing. I mean, this is the first time we're actually getting proper feedback from someone that's not friends or family or yeah. kind of this thing. So it's brilliant to hear. But that's been on my mind, like, because I sat there and did them kind of frame by frame, just putting them on top like and putting the work in grueling yeah a long time um but but we got there and i'm so glad that you're kind of because there's some bits i look at i go mm, it could have been maybe a bit better but hopefully that's like <laughs> i enjoyed it because they they would also intensify with the dialogue at times and and where in, like in the eyes you can see where that character is in temperament and i was like god this even just this little detail like is a character all on its own so bravo well, i'm awesome. glad you enjoyed that i'm really really happy with that thank you. you you did look at another way of doing it to start with though but it became too testing wasn't it rich the, the we were the initially going to do it yeah we were initially going to do it blade run away and we bought the stuff mm-hmm. to do it which was to shine a light through a a, a, a split mirror thing right to their eyes but the problem we had was I have a particular way of lighting, which I enjoy doing, which is very contrasty, very shadowy, very silhouette backlit. And the problem is you can't, it's very hard to give that effect because you've got to shine a light right in their face. And so mm-hmm. you always have this element of light on their face. And it was like, so the, the shot of Neil standing in the doorway, looking into the bedroom is completely silhouette with the eyes. <laughs> you couldn't, I couldn't do that with, with that effect. Cause you'd have this blue light kind of, illuminating the whole of his front and i was like it's it's not going to work plus we had to rig that to the camera and it made it awkward to get into certain situations and we were like tell you what i don't want to do it but i'll have to sit there and go through the whole film and put these oh eyes my up. god it, the, the 
him standing in the doorway and all you see is the eyes. Harrowing, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just like, uh, go away. <laughs> just <laughs> shoot. <up. laughs> like, it was just, okay, you can, you can, you can leave. <laughs> Another long drawn out shot. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's just, it's <laughs> and without burn shots, especially in horror, are a type of horror that I really grasp. And it's just, it's unnerving. Mm. type of horror well they're, they're the kind of shots that i i long for as an actor because we all do at, at our sort of levels we've been doing this sort of heavy dialogue stuff or quite cool angry stuff but then when you get those mm. cinematic shots that you see in hollywood films and i finally got one in this film so it's like thanks rich thanks adam for giving me that shot when there's so many of them in in host that you sort of go whoa and i'm not going to say which scene but with the with the dust which I'm sure you know ah. that that one's another one, and you just go, oh, I, I look so good. Like, why don't I look like this in real life? Like, <laughs> I get more work if I look like that in real life. <laughs> How did you find the uh, that that bit without giving anything away? That was something that we was another moment we kind of wrote earlier on and were excited about doing, and we're kind of hoping it came across well on on screen. The uh, the scene when she's on the phone. Yeah, but yeah. try not to give too much yeah, away. Yeah, no, we, we can't give anything away. But you know what we're talking about, well, dude. How did you... Early on, like, when she, well, first off, like I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of horror and dating back to when I was a kid. Like, my mom kind of raised me on it. I had, like, one of the first movies I watched, it was like six or seven was The Exorcist. Yes, <laughs> me too. And I was just like, I love it. You know, just... <laughs> I'm hooked. Um, so, and, and at seven years old, like most parents would be like, uh, somebody called DHS. Like she's showing her seven year old demonic possession film. And I was like, I love this. So when she reaches for the phone, I immediately like, don't you idiot. Like, don't call anyone. Like, this is a test. You're failing the test. Like, and when that scene happens, I'm not going to go into detail, but when that scene happens, I immediately, when, when you realize what's going on, shivered, like while watching. And I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> and the second time I watched it, I was lying in bed. So I immediately like pause <laughs> and I'm looking around like, should I look under the bed right now? <laughs> like, get this feeling. Like, it was, whew. It Dude, was that's good. awesome to hear, man. I'm it was fantastic. <clears throat> and I'd been waiting for that moment of an altered voice, hmm. if you will. I've been waiting for that. When am I? Go when are we going to get that scary, not really this character's vocal pattern? When are we going to get that? And the way it was done there, hmm. <laughs> just eerie. And I have to say, I, I loved that. Uh, um, I love dark movies also that it stays dark. It's not the sun comes up and, you know, the authorities are talking with the survivors and the reason they're survivors <laughs> is they've, they've found a way to outthink the killer. You know, you get it in scream, you get it in, you know, Freddie and all that stuff like that. I love dark stays dark and i don't know if this is is if this is a trend moving forward in your writing um i for one hope it is 
uh, because it just <laughs> the, <laughs> the the tension um, it's so thick that you could cut it from almost opening to close like it's just this tension that sits heavy um, it's almost what's the word I'm looking for palpable I guess and I, I just d did is this going moving forward like I said I hope that this <laughs> that in in your future films I hope you don't stray from this because you delivered it successfully <laughs> exactly what we're doing moving yeah. forward <laughs> good um even though it's it's tough because we've, we've been told you can't be doing it like that you can't be doing it like this by, by certain places and, and stuff because of the algorithms <laughs> <laughs> what, what did we tell us no the rules. Nope. Nope. <laughs> we the got algorithm. told we we were told um you know we told you we we got a list of a million mm. distributors and sent to some and this and that. And we got overwhelmingly positive responses, but we did get some feedback from some people going, you need to cut 15 minutes off the beginning. And I'm like, nah, cool, we're getting something else. Like there's no no hope in hell. That's This is the film we set out from word one to make and it's how we wanted it. And that's, and I, I stick to that. And great thing about Dark Sky is we didn't tell them anything. We didn't tell them our intentions with it, our artistic vision. When they saw it, they were so excited and they wrote this massive email back going, love everything you've done there. We love that you stuck to your integrity. And that's something very important to us is the integrity of telling the story we want to. And, and they were fighting our corner with a lot of this stuff of, you no, know, the reason because we were getting like, oh, it's, it's really effective when you get to this point, but there's this bit before that's quite long. And um, we, we like, Doc's guy were like, yes, but the reason the second half is so effective is because of that. Like you, if you just had it go straight to that, it would mean nothing and it wouldn't absolutely hit home. Do you know what I mean? Um, successful movies and stage plays like wait until dark and woman in black they kind of follow that same not the reboot with daniel radcliffe the <laughs> the um they follow that and and they hit with it and and those are the moments where you're like i'm glad someone didn't talk them out of that and and i gotta say i'm glad how much of this tension do you think was the direction you took it mixed with just the culmination of everything working? I was, it's definitely both. Obviously if, if stuff doesn't work out, it's not, not going to have the same impact, mm -hmm. but literally that was our word for this film. It has to be pure tension. Mm -hmm. The whole film has to be pure tension. And that's, that's my favorite thing in any film. I, I'm not really into the violent films, like you said, like Hostel and things like that. I don't find them tense. I just find them kind of pointless and just gratifying kind of yeah. just weirdness oh, like yeah. that. But I've got no problem with violence, but it's, it's, it's how you do it. Mm -hmm. um, but tension is my favorite emotion in the cinema. It, it's, it's all my favorite films are the tensest films. And well, I love that emotion in the cinema of, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can handle 
watching this because it's so uncomfortable. And it plays on the, the aspect of the human mind is far scarier than anything, any monster you can show us at the beginning of the movie. For oh, instance, yeah. Jaws. Yeah. You don't see the shark till like 15 minutes yeah. is left in the film. <laughs> and you, so early on, like most of the film, you yourself are creating this monster mm. in your head. And it's far scarier than anything they actually deliver. But you're just like, I bet it looks like. So having that tension in film, not giving the audience everything like a lot of modern horror does, feeding it on a silver spoon of like, here's your monster, this is the monster, this is the character, blah, blah, blah. But letting you create the monsters and I guarantee you this is about to happen. And then it doesn't happen. You realize kind of like as an audience member, like, I am, I am messed up in the head. Like <laughs> you just, and, and you deliver that. And it's, I don't like I said, I can't stress enough that everything you said you were going for, it did come across uh, from the eyes to the tension, everything. Uh, it worked fantastically. Thank you, man. Yeah. That's, that's much appreciated. I don't want to, to keep you all. So I'll close with a couple things. Uh, one, um, if you can say anything, what's, what's, you know, what's next, what's coming from your brilliant minds next? <laughs> uh, well, I guess without spoiling anything, um, Rich and I have two finished screenplays for two seriously dark films. <laughs> Uh, and we're working on a third. Um, potentially that third screenplay could be the next film we do. Um, we're deciding, um, but there's a lot going on uh, and a hell of a lot of stories to tell um, and minds to traumatize. So I, that, I, the, that third one's quite different from the others, isn't it? So it's a it little is. bit of a different direction. It's just we've kind of written one kind of style three films i guess including hosts and then we've gone how can we take our style in a different slightly different genre if you mm. know um so whilst keeping it dark as well it's, it's dark as hell but it, it's not technically maybe horror so mm. um, so you talked about the uh you got emails back talking about the algorithm you can't do it this way blah 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 if you ever get that again let them know that true fans hate the algorithm we, we know that oh yeah <laughs> we know that. something new give Woo! us something new change the algorithm i myself hated math so when i kept getting that's not the algorithm tyler well it needs to change because this is how i do <laughs> the, 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 main, the main problem with the algorithm is it is basing itself on what exists so if you follow the algorithm, like you said, you will, you, it is impossible to come up with anything new. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's just churning out what you've already seen. Mm -hmm. And so, and I hate that. I, I hate that. Neil, what's, I know the, I'm sure the pandemic kind of hurt acting for a little while. It definitely has here in the States. Um, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia to kind of, fall in on the because that's the place to be right now it's the hollywood of yeah, the yeah. east coast and 
after I moved there, there all of a sudden here's COVID. It just happens yeah. and things are shutting down. And I was like, Oh, cool. Naturally. That's how it goes, I guess. So what, what, you know, what's next for you? What are, do you have anything lined up for when things get back to quote unquote normal? I know I told them before you got on, you all uh, across the seas are definitely handling it a lot better than we are in the States. So. I mean, for me, um, I think host was technically um, one of the last things I'd done. So I, I, was the war film rich after that? I can't remember now. It was so long ago. Point Point of yeah. Yeah, it was um, awesome. yeah. So we we I, we done hosts, finished wrapped on hosts, and then did um, another war film, which which Rich was the DOP on, um, and then that finished, and that's been out and, and been released already. I think you've got it over in the in the US. But um, mm -hmm. uh, after that, nothing. Um, I kind of sacked my agent in November, thinking I'd get a nice big new one in in January, February, uh, and then COVID hit. So I've been sort of left at agent at loop pretty much. <laughs> um so yeah there's um there's nothing much much happening i'm doing a, another feature i'm just doing some pickups on very carefully during the covid um sort of special measurements and stuff we have to take just adding some extra scenes on a film it's currently called april but i think it it may or may not change the name so um i'll keep you updated if that changes but i'm i'm playing a horrible man in that so yeah um it's totally different to what you've seen in hosts it's very um it's very gritty, sort of the ultra real kind of stuff, like the the, the British like to do, um, which mm -hmm. sometimes the Americans aren't very keen on. Um, it's not it's not got that shine to it. But uh, yeah, so that's that's next for me, uh, and when that will be ready, I do not know. But it is that's the that's the next thing for me. Um, cool. And then sort of yeah, anything the boys do, I'll be uh, sitting outside the casting room with like my flask and sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> sort of waiting to try and get the tidbits that they throw there, there and i'll be uh i'll be more than happy to do that um but uh yeah that's that's it for me uh but agent wise i'm i'm looking in us and in the uk so yeah i've got to plug myself there haven't i really? we'll throw you some york <laughs> <laughs> please so i want to close this out kind of like inside the actor studio a little bit um <laughs> I, uh, each, I'll ask each of you the same question. So I'll just ask the question and each of you go around and say it. Um, what's your favorite scary movie? Of all time, my favorite scary movie is The Exorcist. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're very similar on the same age. And yeah. Uh, mine is Alien. Mm, that's good too. No one can hear you scream. And mine's got to be The Fog. The original, not the not the remake, yeah. Not the remake at all. No, that goes in the bin. Most <laughs> yours, my, and, uh mine, Exorcist. Yes. I think I think it's nigh perfect of a horror movie and just kinda like your film, it delivers in aspects that you don't see anymore. Yeah, man, yeah. it's it's incredible. Like we were <laughs> it's, we were almost the same age. You said you said you were seven, right? I was, yeah. I was about eight when I saw the, the my first horror movie ever, which was A Nightmare on Elm Street. Holy! Uh, you have oh, Reagan yeah. tattooed on your arm. Well, I mean, yeah, well, we, Pazuzu, you've got Pazuzu, Pazuzu technically, yeah. man. But I, but yeah, I got Freddy. Oh man, it's always awkward to show this. Freddy. See, I love Freddy too because uh, he can get you where you feel safest. Okay, exactly. Great. But yeah, I, I saw I saw a nightmare on Elm Street when I was eight. That was the first horror film I ever saw. And then begged and begged and begged my parents to let me watch The Exorcist. And then 
couple of years later, they made my dreams come true. So, <laughs> yeah. Here we are. And here we are. <laughs> uh, um, so, whoever whoever wants to go next. Favorite scary movie? It's Neil's left again. Oh, The Fog. Oh, yeah, What was your first one? You just said Nightmare. Mm. Right? And Robert England. I wish you had Legend. done more. I wish you had yeah. done more. For sure, for sure. Rich? Uh, my first one was Arachnophobia. Uh, my first was It, the original It, when I was six, by accident. Oh, no. <laughs> by accident. Yeah, I used to, um, I used to stay at my uncle's um, on weekends because we used to do sort of like mountain biking and sort of mm -hmm. adventurous stuff. Uh, and they had two little Yorkshire Terrier dogs. And I used to sleep down in the, the front room with the, the sort of sleeping bag arrangement. And they used to put the telly on just as like some noise. And then they were like, right, we're going up to bed. We'll just put you something on. And they put it over and said, oh, this has got clowns in it. This will be fun. And they left me down there just <laughs> with two Yorkshire Terriers curled up either side. And I was just not, it was in a world of pain. I've never been the same again. So It explains yeah, a lot, Neil. It explains a lot. It does explain a lot, yeah. So, uh, oh, this looks fun. Look at the clowns. Look, they're funny. Okay. Hiya, Tim Curry. Hey, Georgie. He was, uh, he was Dr. Frankenfurter. You'll love it. It's Tim Curry. Mm. Um, which I, I saw Rocky I wouldn't show Horror. that to a six-year-old. <laughs> I saw Rocky Horror before I saw it. So when I saw it, and I, I hate clowns. I don't know why someone showed it to me. Like, you, you love clowns. And I was like, wait, Tim Curry? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's Pennywise. I was like, I've seen him in Fishnet. Like, scary <laughs> anymore. You've seen everything, yeah. <laughs> um, the first Tim Curry one I saw was Clue. Has anyone seen that? Oh, yeah. No, Clue, brilliant. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. It's I like it. I like it. Um, who is your favorite superhero? Ooh. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. We're not really. I'm... Brightburn. Ooh, <laughs> not really that's a good one. <laughs> what about Bill? Uh, favorite superhero? Um, Captain Hindsight from South Park. <laughs> Captain Hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that, so it might not make any sense to anybody. Well, but I mean, yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, you have. Yeah, I, I, that's one of my favorite things overall is South Park. But yeah, uh, for anyone that doesn't know that, it's a guy that just flies into when there's a natural disaster and just sort of go, "You should have done this. You should have done that. You should have done that." And then you should have done that, and they go, "Oh my God, thank you, Captain Hindsight." And that's yeah, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best like, yeah. we're being uh, our country is currently being led by him, so. <laughs> I think there's another word, but it begins with C. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> not Captain. Crazy. Out of toast, man. That's my favorite hero. What <laughs> bad guys? And, and not just in nerd culture, just your favorite villain. Favorite villain. Yours. Oh, I got one. Patrick Bateman, American Psycho. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. One of them. I mean, performance. Oh, oh, dude, amazing, amazing. I mean, I guess that's the tie with Robert Englund, like as Freddy Krueger, man, because oh, like, yeah. he's my boy, you know, mm -hmm. he's been with me since I was eight, so, yeah. <laughs> it might be a bit hoo-ha at the moment, but uh, I think Kevin Spacey in Seven. Oh, man, yeah. Mm. Still yeah. a hell of a performance. Mm. That's probably my favorite film of all time, not favorite horror. Yeah. I do like my dark thrillers. Neil. What about you? I mean, Joker aside, because mm. I grew up loving the Joker, I would have to say 
Probably Freddy. Nice. Nice. Because like I said, he can get you where you're supposed to be safest. And his uh his quips, his uh you know, welcome to prime time, you know, before he kills someone. <laughs> like if I were a killer, I would hope that I would have at least the decency to give a good one liner before I kill him. Gotta have a one liner. Definitely. Yeah, you have to. How about you, Neil? Villain. It's just, oh, it's just so much pressure at the minute. And uh I don't know, Jack, I thought about it. Jack um, from hosts, I should have said that. Jack from, Jack from yeah, Jack from hosts. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty um, yeah, he's I was when you said the Joker, then I was automatically just before that thinking the Riddler, just because it was a comedy sort of aspect. And I grew up on a lot of Jim Carrey stuff. It was a huge influence when I was younger. Uh, mm. And then I stopped doing comedy roles because of the pressure of comedy and being a villain's easier. It, uh, it Absolutely, like a cop hat, doesn't it? But yeah, uh, yeah, it'd have to be. It would have to be the Riddler. Well, and the Riddler challenges Batman in a way that no one else does mentally. Mm. And I think that's yeah. that's kind of his selling point. So final question, and this is one I got from uh, inside the actor studio for each of you. Finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive? Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rich? I'd like to hear... Good job, little buddy. Good job, little buddy. It's real good life there. It's real, <laughs> some real good French there. <laughs> Neil? Well, we didn't expect to see you here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would like to hear... Hmm. Just... <laughs> pretty much what I'm expecting. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. I am a massive, massive fan of this film. I am going to sell it like no other to everybody, not just because this, because I truly enjoy it. Um, please, before we close out here, let everyone know, uh, let the listeners know how they can uh, see the film. Well, I, I guess you better go and follow Dark Sky films because they're the people releasing it and uh, it comes out in north america and um, canada and canada on october 2nd <clears throat> which is okay i don't know when this is going to air but it's a week from now but yeah, I don't know yeah what it says. not not long not long <clears throat> um and you can that'll be on bod on bod yep um and then dvd i believe it's going to be coming out the in, on the 11th of november you can actually pre-order it now as well and stay tuned follow us uh facebook forward slash host movie twitter uh at hosts movie and instagram hosts underscore movie um yeah and there may be another couple of cool things that we release in tandem with the film in the next couple of weeks yeah. so uh keep your eyes and ears and <laughs> yeah now where can people follow you um simple for me it's insta instagrams uh at neely neely so n-e-a-l-y n-e-a-l-y and twitter is at neil ward nice and simple thank you again and uh i wish all the success to you because i'm a fan of this movie and i hope that it takes off i really do uh i think Thanks. everyone should watch it if, if we hope that too man
Thank you so much, dude. And oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I always like to sign off the show. Cheers to y'all. Um, Good luck cheers. In the future. And uh, thank you for joining. Thanks, man. All the best. Cheers, man. From us here at Advertising Expressions, we want you to know that we hope that you and yours have been well amid this pandemic. We have been blessed to have survived ourselves and realize that here in Morristown, it can be hard to keep things rolling in times like these. Therefore, whether you are a business that has closed and are looking to reopen, a business that has crawled through this time fighting for the next breath, or maybe you are a business that has done better in this time, we want to help you. See, our business is to promote yours and we strive to do that by getting your name in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are giving you 19% off new quotes that may result in orders of $190 or more. Use the promo code NERDRONA19, that's N-E-R-D-R-O-N-A-1-9. You can find us at 2103 Morningside Drive in Morristown, Tennessee, or contact us at 423-586-3270. Hey there, this is Neil Ward, and I'm one of the lead actors of the film Hosts, and you're listening to 30 and Nerdy. I want to uh, send out a huge thank you to them, to the gentlemen of the Hosts movie, Adam, Rich, Neil. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to sit down and talk about the movie. Uh, I, I went over it with you in the interview. I am a, a huge fan of the movie. I can't wait to see what else comes out of uh, your all's brains and for the horror genre, the thriller genre, the suspense genre, whatever uh, you may be working on. Thank you so much for being a breath of fresh air in modern day horror. Neil, good luck. Uh, I hope uh, the pandemic does turn around for actors and actresses out there. Um, I also want to send out a huge thank you to the Patreon supporters out there, even the from the $1 Patreon supporters and up. does not matter what you give. Uh, you are a patron of the show, and because of you, this show continues as well as spinoffs and uh, other things for the Bad Cast Company brand. Um, a little... little Addition, uh, as I said earlier, Patreon uh, subscribers over the next few days, if you subscribe, even if it's just to the $1 tier at uh, patreon.com slash 30nerdypodcast, uh, I'm going to release the uncut, unedited version of the crossover episode I did with Three Fat Nerds, East Coast Avengers, uh, Dre, and ODPH. Um, I will release that within the next couple of days, October 2nd. Um, so please, uh, consider becoming a, a patron, even if it's for the $1 tier, $5 tier, does not matter. I want to release that uncut, unedited gem because there was so much cut out from that, uh, crossover episode. Also with the interviews that you just listened to and the interviews that are coming up with Samantha in the next episode, on down the line, I, I cut quite a bit out of both interviews that would have spoiled things for the listeners. Uh, so at a later date, whenever the, the company, whenever the, the 
studio whenever the boys uh, feel it is safe to release things that would have been spoilery or back behind the scenes stuff that would have given things away whenever they deem it possible I will be releasing some of that bonus content to Patreon as well to Patreon exclusive subscribers so also consider that uh, in the future plans of Patreon there are so many things that get cut from the from episodes, uh, there's bloopers, there's deleted scenes, there's uh, unaired segments, whether it be in this uh, mainstay show or shows like The Road So Far or upcoming things. Uh, there's constant uh, deleted things that I, I save for Patreon. So, And that's going to be included whenever you uh, feel, uh, ob- feel led to become a patron of the show. Also want to give a huge shout out to the Pod Fam that are out there. Pod Nation, the Apocalypse Alternate Reality Radio, Legion of the Independent Podcasts. Huge shout out to everybody out there. Also right now Alternate Reality Radio is on Twitter, so go to Twitter, follow Alternate Reality Radio. It will be all about the podcasts under that brand. Also go out, follow the Pod Nation Twitter. That's a Twitter devoted to all the independent podcasts under that brand. We're all over the place. There are so many independent podcasts out there that you should be supporting. Uh, Not just this show, not just the ones I talk about. There are so many to get to, and I don't always mention the ones that I even watch. I'm trying to get better at that. Um, So, And I will be constantly dropping those names throughout the rest of this season so that you have at least one of the names I've mentioned in these shows. I hope that one of those are in your daily list. Uh, Then I have done my part. Uh, Huge thank you to all of them. Huge shout out to you all. Keep up the fantastic work. Y'all are amazing. Uh, Hope you'll take the time to give a rating of this episode, not just this episode, but the show. Uh, check wherever you're listening to the podcast. If there's a way to give a rating and a review, please let me know. Uh, next time, guys, I am going to be finishing up conversation on the upcoming movie hosts along with my interview with the incomparable Samantha Loxley, star and my favorite character of the hosts movie. Just a reminder, Hosts is up for pre-order right now at iTunes and will be available in the U.S. and Canada on October 2nd, wherever you get your digital and video on-demand content. Send in your questions, send in your suggestions, send in your thoughts, follow along, hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Reach out to me, 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. That's it for me, nerds and nerdettes. Thank you so much. If you need something, you know where to find me. You all have been beautiful. Uh, I've been your Duke of Nerds. Thank you again to the directors and Neil from the cast of hosts for this episode. Everyone stay kind to one another no matter what walk of life you come from. Be kind to your fellow man. Wash your hands, sanitize up, mask up. Stay classy, nerds. Oh, all I can hear is tweeting birds. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Brought to you by Ashley Lodge Photography, Freddy Cat Productions, Encore Theatrical Company, 
and advertising expressions. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow along with the conversation using the hashtag 30andnerdypod. Find us in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.